catch up on. It's been a it's been a very full packed fall. We've talked about uh, having a upcoming talk about the new Star Wars movie. We've talked about uh, all the Marvel movies that are on the docket, and uh, there's a lot of great science fiction stuff coming up as well. The last time we were together, uh, the big thing on the scene was Wonder Woman, yes. uh, which was like breaking tons of records and getting tons of critical acclaim. Of course, that was early summer last year. It was year, early so summer last that, year. That tells you how long it's been since we, you know, we've had Thor, we've had Star Wars, we've had, uh, what else has been out there? Guardi- well, Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians 2. Two. We talked about that a little bit, but... Um, but we've kind of come full circle again, because as good as uh, Wonder Woman was, there's now... I just went last night, I know you went a little bit earlier, but we have uh, Black Panther, uh, which is, I mean, amazing. I was surprised. I never would have thought my uh, inner 12-year-old never would have thought that within the span of 10 years I would get an Iron Man movie when nobody knew who Iron Man was. Uh, and now we've got a Black Panther movie, which not only is great, but according to recent statistics, it's outsold the latest Star Wars movie. And whoever thought that Black Panther would outsell Star Wars? <laughs> it's <laughs> side, a possibility. It was, always, it was always a possibility. But uh... So on that note, one of the cool things we're doing on this podcast is that we actually have a live studio audience today. So you guys want to sound out a little bit. <laughs> So the question I have for you guys is, who here has seen Black Panther? Hands up. With a few hands. Okay. Who, who intends to see Who it? intends to see Black Panther? So I think between the two of that, that's like everybody in the room, which is awesome. Um, I don't know. For me, I, Black Panther was amazing because it's, I, I just love seeing the, I'll, I'll say a B-list character. Uh, but in the forefront. I mean, this was... B-list? Well, I mean... You go there? <laughs> yeah, I'm... Yeah, I, no, I okay. Did. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, it's just one of those characters that was cool to see in Civil War, but at, I didn't anticipate seeing a full-fledged, like, movie on the character well, so quickly. He had, he had been introduced as kind of a very crucial, but second-hand side character in Civil War, but to see him finally come into his own... Um, is is an amazing and a you know magnificent thing, literally magnificent in, in the case. Well, cause, yeah, and yeah. for the greater scheme of the like the Marvel universe, he's now kind of the biggest player absolutely in the universe, which is cool because before it was Stark, everything was Stark, 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 and now you know we've got T'Challa and Wakanda and everything showing up to the point where if uh, the previews are anything to tell, we're starting to see like Iron Man's armor looks a little bit more like it's using some Wakanda tech by the time we get to Infinity War. So Ho- Hopefully so. Hopefully yeah. so. Yeah, that, it seems like the only logical evolution <laughs> to make once once someone has access to that. But that's that's all we get into nerdy details like that. It's a whole it's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother thing. Um, so you guys in the audience, some of you who have seen Black Panther, anyone care to share their thoughts on what you thought of the movie? Hey. Yeah, come on. Step Al, up to the microphone please. over here, Al. Tell us what you thought. Allison Gentry, everyone. That's pretty. I actually hadn't thought about it that way, uh, especially Ragnarok. But you're right. It's like there's been a rolling theme of sort of peeling back the curtain of what everyone thought was accurate, and turns out not so much. Which is, it's a, yeah, it's a great, great call out on that. Anyone else wanted to share? Uh, Ethan Jordan was like one of my favorite actors of all time, and I 
I think he just nailed it. Oh. Michael B. Jordan is uh, one of my favorite actors of all time. Um, and I think he just nailed it in that role. And he did a really good job of making the villain so relatable. Like, even the main character felt bad for him. Um, so he just was like a really outstanding performance by all the actors. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think this was kind of cool that for the first time we saw a villain that was, I guess, in sense, his vision was so effective that it changed the hero's viewpoint by, like, the end of the movie, which was, that's something we haven't seen a whole lot of. But, yeah, really good point on that. One of the really terrific things about this movie that, that, that makes it, I think, appealing to every, anyone, even if you're not a, you know, a fan of superhero movies, there is not a non-interesting character in this whole movie. Every, every character... You know, whatever their motivations are, if they're on screen for just a few minutes, that they are—they have—they have like almost a fully realized personality. They're—they're they're very interesting to watch. Um, there, are, there are just so many little nuances to to their performance that just make them intensely watchable. Well, I think great this is, characters. Yeah, this is yeah. definitely the, one of the most like Marvel theory type movies of you know Marvel characters are it's the character first the powers second yes uh, which we've talked about this is DC versus Marvel is that DC tends to be powers first character later maybe with the exception of Batman uh, um, but in general yeah we see the character about the powers and not so much the character and that's why I think it's been harder for DC to make some more as, as successful movies as we've seen from Marvel that's something we'll talk about more. For, <laughs> we have tons, we'll go down the rabbit hole on that. Tons but, and yeah. tons of stuff to talk about. We'll have 2017 highlights. We're going to talk see about Secret Empire, which I know that you it's are. It's a comic series. <laughs> I'm, I'm still warming up to that. Still warming yeah. up to that. Uh, nine movies in 2008. Uh, just lots and lots to talk about. Um, we are excited to get through the rest of it, so we're going to uh, get to it. We're going to we're going to wrap it up here, but please follow us on Facebook or on uh, Instagram if uh, you're you're choice of social marketing or social media marketing there um, for more information and uh, look out for us because uh, yeah we're going to have a lot more coming soon so thanks everybody here for their uh, participation in this yeah give yourself a hand and this will be our, our first podcast of 2018 so we're uh, looking forward to more thank you all right so that was kind of a cool first to have the uh, live audience um, a couple of pretty good points in there too uh, always good to bring a couple other people into the fold on uh, talking about these kind of things uh but let's uh fresh takes, fresh takes. yeah let's t- uh keep kind of that conversation of black panther going um you had mentioned that you know like the character driven resources were probably like the best aspect of it which you know i agree with you i think that uh there was no uninteresting people uh, which there easily could have been um which is kind of crazy when you think about it a lot of the criticism of any Marvel movie is like you didn't give enough focus towards X characters or Y character in the background, you know. And there, there seems like there's, um, oh, what's the word? Lip service paid to you know smaller characters in the background or mentions of. I think the X Men movies are particularly guilty of this, but the um, too many character syndrome yeah, where. You try to squeeze them in for the sake of squeezing them in, and they're just not quite as good because of that. Yeah, pretty much. And and this character or this this movie with its characters um, uh, treats them all right. Yeah, there is. I mean, even characters like Everett Ross, who yes. granted in the like the Christopher Priest series is essentially comic relief, 
um, and the outsider perspective of it, which they they did a little bit of that, but um, because of it being film, they didn't really need to have the outsider perspective of it because as you know, as viewers, we are like the outsider perspective, like we're we're seeing everything rather than having it narrated to us oh. by the Everett Ross character. So they kind of freed him up to be something different, where he was actually, I guess, more competent. <laughs> I well yeah you know I, I like that they didn't they didn't just throw him away as a character you know I almost thought that they were gonna do well should we get into spoiler territory here uh you know I think is at this fair? point it's been out long enough that we could probably yeah. do that so just, just as a as a side note if you don't like spoilers uh, you may want to skip the next uh, let's say ten minutes <laughs> we'll, we'll say yeah so okay getting into spoiler territory here there's a there's a a sequence towards the um, towards the end where he. Um, he sac- well, he almost sacrifices himself for the security of Wakanda, a country. Uh, that, yeah, the VR fighter. Thing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like where he's he makes the decision to go back in and 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 uh, protect both Wakanda and the world um, from uh, from like the, the the weapons getting out into the world. You know the, the um, and uh, I I thought they were gonna like you know serve him up as like the sacrificial lamb. You know comic relief slash side character but i you know i'm, I'm glad they didn't I, you know that probably would have been the wrong move for the movie and it probably would have pointed at like oh yeah we all need a a white character you know pardon me that you know that, well, that's yeah. coming and save <laughs> save us and it, it's hard not to go down that territory uh, uh to do that but yeah they didn't um they, they they went in a better direction and still still managed to keep him important without giving him too much influence on the total arc of the but everything was a bit of a like i said it was a bit of a better fit like he was actually like competent they have him as uh instead of in the comics as a state department operative he's instead a cia operative and if he had been comedic relief i think that would have been generally just kind of wasted opportunity he would have become that throwaway character and they could have sacrificed him and we wouldn't have cared overly much one way or the other but uh, I think in this regard, it gives us a bit stronger of a character that will, if they follow a lot of the comics, that will ultimately become like sort of the, uh, if not the ambassador, then sort of the tie to, you know, the U.S. government um, to, you know, sort of give legitimacy to what Wakanda is trying to do, um, especially with them ending with the outreach programs and stuff like that that they're, you know, had put into place that they're going to start doing. Right. And that stands to be very interesting, especially for um, what happens following Phase 3, I think. you know. Well, and uh, something we talked about earlier with the uh, audience we had is that, you know, we're, we're getting to a point, I think, in the, in the MCU that um, they're almost, I don't want to say downplay, but they're, I think they're starting to have a little bit of uh, cutting back on Robert Downey Jr.'s slash Tony Stark's. I don't like to think about him. I, I don't either. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, this is why I came to Marvel in the first place is, sure. is this. And, and to be fair with the ground rules they've set up with, you know, AI Tony in, uh, current issues of Iron Man and, uh, Secret Empire and stuff like that, there's, uh, always a possibility that he could, in essence, phone it in and still be a significant let's, part of the Marvel universe. Let's talk about that. Not to get away too much from Black Panther, but let's, let's, quickly for viewers who are kind of catching on to learn about um, the ties between the comics and the movies. In in the 
in the end of Civil War Two, mm-hmm. which was the the every just just like uh, television shows have seasons and movies kind of have arcs like uh, you know you, you hear about uh, Phase One and Phase Two, comic books have seasons too, and every every year there's a there's a new season of things like that. So in the, in the previous years or in in, in very recent years past, um, we've seen a Civil War Two. Um, well, it started with Civil War. So we have Civil, Civil War, where the basic premise is the government wanting the identities of everybody and a, a division between the heroes over that particular thing. And we saw that play out on in the movies, for folks who, who see the movies but don't know the comic books, um, in a kind of a reduced sense, but still um, still good in, in the, as, as they... As, Movies play out. I think they did a you know fantastic job. Well, they that, yeah they picked a subject that was just as heady about personal liberties without needing years of backstory of you know costumed identities and stuff like that. And then we're able to pull off what we wanted out of Civil War, which is to see heroes fighting heroes. Because let's face it, mm. we all want to know who would beat who. Uh, and this sort of that's, that's why I love. Yeah, there's uh, nobody. Nobody. Right. Beat <laughs> well, and I think that was the message of Civil War. Is in the end, nobody won. But it's why we want to see, like, AVX. We want to see Avengers versus X-Men. We oh, want sure. to see IVX and see Inhumans. Ver- well, I wanted to see IVX. Maybe not so many people uh, nowadays are mm. Inhuman-oriented. But uh, we want to see these things that are, as a temporary basis, it's, whether we like it or not, it's sort of one of the staples of uh, comic book stories is that eventually that character will have a misunderstanding with another character and they fight and then they reconcile then their differences. My favorite but, character can beat up your favorite character. Right, but know. we there's part of us that we whether we like to admit it or not, we want to see that. But so we had Civil War okay. and it was it was huge. It was a huge event, very polarizing. I remember the like you could print up bumper stickers that I'm with you know, team, I'm with Cap or I'm Cap, Team Tony. Team Iron, yeah. uh, I know we, like, part of this is what started this whole path is that part of what the, we both gravitated loose, to. Loosely based on um, the, the nature of our podcast, Heroic Debates. You know, but we even, I think, debated the idea. We could see the points behind each characters, but we definitely sided more with one than the other. Um, so then we have that, and like you said, then the next season we get a return to this with Civil War Two, which is attacking the idea of like a minority report type thing where you if you could predict the future would you preemptively do something about it uh and is that the right thing to do uh you know and again not to devolve too much into the storyline we get another polarizing element of one group of heroes feeling that you know preemptive measures against horrific events would be a good thing while others are like this is you know, this is bad for personal liberties and we can't imprison people for stuff they haven't done yet and, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it, that, I, and that's our Civil War II that we had. I, when I, and I, well, okay. <laughs> no, I, the, the, yes, uh, I, I, I'm bouncing back in my head between comic books and, and movies and I, there's one point that was made in the movie Civil War um, where uh, the character Vision, played by Paul Bettany, um, says, uh, it's it's all due to causality, um, basically that uh, Tony Stark announces that he's Iron Man, and at that point was you know seemingly a turning point for the the world or you know maybe the universes we're about to see, where um, his his announcing himself somehow brought about this time of heroes where more and more heroes begin uh, appearing, which which then in case leads to more and more villains. 
Well, and you know, to that point, they tackle the same thing in Batman Begins. You know, uh, yes. where he shows up, and at the very end of it, uh, you know, Commissioner Gordon says, "Yeah, you did a great thing," but now we have all these crazy costume villains showing up, and he holds like a a playing card that has the Joker logo on it, so we know exactly what he's talking about. But yeah, it's that same idea: is that he set into motion, um, you know, by announcing his presence to the world that anyone else who's out there hiding could either come out, come forward and be a hero or we're going to get this crop of villains and stuff, which is, I mean, not to put too fine a point of it, if people had abilities, we'd probably see far more criminals than heroes, which is well <laughs> a bit unfortunate, but, you know, that's... true. But, yeah, that's, but that was kind of my, my answer to Vision. I think Vision's uh, foresight in the matter is, is flawed because I think it was... Um, I think this is an idea explored in, in a in a different book. Uh, there's a there's a book by Neil Gaiman um, that explores what would uh, what would the world be like with with heroes of uh, Elizabeth, Elizabethan England. Oh, uh, sixteen oh two, sixteen oh two, which is a fantastic series. Um, I should get to that one. Oh, um, if you, if you yeah, haven't, I, yeah. I have not read that one. You know, and you don't really need to know anything about superheroes to read that book. I think because it, it does a fresh take on on everything. Um, but, you know, not that it doesn't help or hurt to, to know something going in, but at the same time, it, you, you can kind of, like, go, well, this is an interesting character. You know, what's what's he going to do? And it turns out, oh, this is actually Daredevil, or this is actually... Yeah, from my impression, was it's sort of a subtle period-esque reimagining of a lot of these characters. I know that uh, Tony Stark is like Lord Iron, and he's sort of this conquistador-type armor that he wears... Um, and then you have, uh, I, I, all I remember is that Peter Parker's name was spelled really weird. Parquois. yeah. <laughs> Peter Parquois. Uh, you know, for all uh, I know, it's, it's the ancient English <laughs> version of Parker and that's, it, right. it just looks, it just looks funny on the page because yeah, it's it, spelled it, like P-A-R-Q-U-A-G-H. <laughs> and it's one of those really cool conceptual pieces. Like, um, I haven't read that one and now I'm kind of feeling a li- like I went back and I've been rereading some of the older stuff, but. For some reason, instead of choosing 1602, I went into uh, reading, um, what was it, uh, Earth X. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, the following, Universe X, and I'm not quite to Paradise X, but I for the first time ever, I'm, I they're all in Marvel Unlimited, so I'm going to be able to read the whole thing, uh, which again, is this, it's this great idea of a potential that, you know, could or could not happen. Um, at the time, it was interesting because, without giving too much away from it, like it starts off with the majority of the population of Earth is now has super abilities. Oh. Uh, and I want to give away why that happens because um, there's a lot of it's like isn't until the middle of the series that they actually explain why. Which, if you read it, or maybe we'll go into this at another point, has very interesting connotations of where the Marvel universe is currently going. It's almost like, without intending to, they are bringing some of these things to fruition. Uh, for something that was purely conceptual. Um, I, I always just admired the idea of the project because it was based purely off of Alex Ross uh-huh. drawings. Like, they commissioned him to do these, like, future versions of these heroes, and they liked it so much, like, we should just do a whole series about this and then invented a whole thing and around they've, it. They've done things like that with uh, um, Marvels. It, Marvels yeah, is yeah. another great example of that. Which is a, a cool, like, Alex, Alex Ross is a, a painter... Mm-hmm. You know, not just a not just a, a penciler, not just an inker, but but um, a fantastic cover artist. Yes. I mean, oh. some of the best stuff that's out there is is his work. Um, I don't I, know. I almost I almost don't like it because it, it, his his work is so real. It looks like he paints 
superheroes as if they were like people in pajamas. Uh, yeah, okay, I was I wasn't going to say that, but you did. Uh yeah, it, it's um unlike in the movies where they tend to go into uh more of like leather and you know the stuff that gives sort of a stiffer more armored appearance. Yeah, yeah his drawings are something. very much more uh definitely look like uh just plain old cloth. You know, costumes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's, it's like the, like George Reeves kind of like jumping around in a Superman suit kind right. of thing. He kind of has, some of his stuff tends to have that feel. But uh, So yeah, so Civil yeah. we get Civil War II, um, which if I, I think I know where you're going with this, ends and up with Tony Stark in a coma. Basically, getting back to the Tony Stark thing. Yeah, so it ends up with him in a coma, which is now like a year ago. So yeah, for like about a year, we've got, you know, Tony's been in a coma, but as one would expect from Tony, he has a contingency plan for that. And so he has an artificial intelligence system that's based off of his personality. Um, and you start finding out that he's actually toyed around with artificial intelligence for quite a while now because he has uh, Friday, um, which is a sort of runs his company for him more or less. Uh, and it's sort of his personal assistant. Yeah, he's become Pepper Potts. Uh, in a way. It's like, because he doesn't have Pepper anymore due to the events of Superior Iron Man, which I'm not going to go into right now, because that's that's a whole other thing. Um, he needs someone similar, um, but in, in his way, that means he needs to build that person. So he builds Friday. Which he does, yeah. Uh, and then he also has sort of an AI version of himself, which is implied as sort of a gift to our next generation Iron Man, which is Riri Williams. So the AI, Tony, sort of acts as her Jarvis, sort of like the, the operating system or the software of her so similar, armor. Similar to what we've seen in um, things like Batman Beyond. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Sort of being the mentor figure to it. But what's interesting about it is that they've been using that seed to plant this thing with some, in the storyline and the writing, there's been some somewhat subtle side conversations between uh, AI Tony and Friday about the fact that whereas Friday has some strictures he had to adhere to, almost like sort of like the laws of robotics and stuff like that that were built in to keep her from... I don't know, going evil and taking over the world and going Skynet on everybody. uh, Uh, Right. It's like he, he saw what, how Ultron came about. And so he kind of said in his own parameters to not have that happen. And yet with a construct built off of his own personality, there are no such strictures. And so we find that this AI Tony has maybe been sort of testing the limits of what he can do. And he's perfectly cognizant of the fact that he's not Tony Stark, that he's like a copy so I'm interested to see where that particular story yeah, is leading we, to. What if we get an evil Tony Stark who's got no... Uh, right, I mean... They, they, could, they could go anywhere. They could it. go anywhere with it. And there are some other interesting tidbits that they toss in there uh, of where they have, like, Tony Stark is in a coma and they have Hank McCoy, the, you know, the Beast. They've been asking, if, like, are they going to be able to get him out of the coma? And Beast is like, I'm, even, I'm scared to even do anything with him because it's apparently he's been experimenting on himself is the... Uh, what the phrasing that he uses, and this is from the character who largely his origin story is experimenting on himself, and he's somewhat scared of what Tony's been doing to himself. So that's another little thread that hasn't been unraveled completely yet, 
Um, but I'm interested to see where they go with that as well. But we're now um, we're seeing news of sort of the relaunch of a lot of these titles after Legacy and uh, Generations and stuff like that. And so we know that um, so Dan Slott, who has yes. been doing Amazing Spider-Man for like the last ten years, I think is what um, I saw. He's yeah. It's been a while, really. Long I, time. I started following Dan Slott when he was writing. Uh, actually, he wrote some Batman stuff. Yes. A while ago, and wrote like this great story called. Uh, Arkham Asylum Great White Shark or Great White funny enough I'm going to go off on a little DC story but um, yeah he got started writing about this story about this I, I, I believe Dan Slott has some legal background so he, he comes in with this, this legal knowledge um, and writes this great story about a criminal who um, pleads uh, insanity and the judge says, well, if you're insane, then I'm going to put you in Arkham Asylum with all the worst criminals in Gotham City. Um, and or all of them. Is all, the case all, all of them, yeah, pretty much <laughs> where all the criminals get. And, and how, how a character, you know, devolves into madness by being surrounded by them and actually becomes a Batman villain himself just by being surrounded by... Oh, just because he's like, like nature versus nurture kind of... Yeah, okay, he, gotcha. it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating character study um, because it's a Batman story without much Batman in it. Um but uh, but then Dan Slott started doing stuff for Marvel, and he did She-Hulk, and he did like well, She-Hulk as a lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. So that. so he brought in that that law knowledge, and then he and then uh, in an interesting spin of things, he went into Spider-Man, which actually I think kind of fits. I hadn't known about the law thing, but it makes sense because Dan Slott saw the era of um, Superior Spider-Man and Peter Parker ending up in charge of a company. And talking a lot about the slightly res- different spin, but right? Yes. But it talked yeah. a lot about the responsibility of owning a multi-billion-dollar company, and either you can do nothing or you can change, you know, try to change the world. Uh, and of course, with the great power comes great responsibility. Thing he attempts to change the world, um, and there are a lot of things in there that happens. I'm actually interested to see, like, the end of his run is coming because he's uh, yeah. they're finishing up everything. Uh, I know they've introduced the Red Goblin, um, which is... Have you seen that at all? Okay, no, okay no. so... <laughs> spoiler spoiler alert Spider- level two. I, I, I haven't been following much Spider-Man. Well, so, yeah. so um, the whole Dan Slott run saw the uh, him and Norman... You know, Spider-Man and Norman Osborn have this big confrontation, which ultimately ends up with um, Spider-Man having a trick up of his sleeve, which is to introduce these nanites into Norman's system that effectively block out the Green Goblin formula so he can never use it again. Effectively thinking that he has eliminated Norman Osborn's ability to become the Green Goblin permanently. So sort of getting rid of his enemy without mm-hmm. killing him. It's like that perfect that solution. Hulk, once upon a time. Uh, well, it, it, ironically, I think it was based off of that technology is okay. what they were using. Yeah. Anyway, so they have this thing. And so for ooh, probably about another six or seven issues, you sort of have these little side things of Norman Osborn is like traveling the world, trying to figure out how he can get his goblin back kind of thing. He like uh, attempts to get into the Sanctum Sanctorium to steal a magic artifact and a couple of other things that he's sort of stymied. And uh, leading into the end run, he gets a hold of the Carnage symbiote and reworks it to be the Red Ooh. Goblin. So okay. we have now this Norman Osborn Carnage hybrid is sort of this new version of the Goblin. And I think this is one of those moments where they can't let that Stan, I mean, we we can't have Norman Osborn be Carnage. That's just uh, that's not going to be a thing. So, uh, it's definitely, I think, a build to end Dan like Slott's run, making every villain 
Venom or something. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, they did that. They did the whole Venomized yeah, thing. Um, but that he is exiting Spider-Man, and he is going to be doing a new title called Tony Stark Iron Man. And that's like Tony Stark colon Iron Man. So it's like... It's this new title. No, it's not no, no adjectives. No. Yeah, it's not know, invincible, no invincible Iron Man. Not yeah. infamous. Not international. Right. Oh, yeah, infamous. I'm almost. I just so much want that to continue, but uh, yeah. yeah, they made it pretty obvious it's going to be a, uh, but a twelve issue run and a nice condensed storyline. But we'll go into that a little bit later. But yes, um, what I really liked about the interview with Dan Slott though is they basically said we are changing nothing about what you know about Tony Stark. So they're going to start with, or at least they're capping. Bendis's run on Iron Man, having with him having gone to DC with the search for Tony Stark, because uh, in I guess what we would call season three event <laughs> Marvel Comics sure. is Secret Empire, um, which we were going to talk about a bit, but you haven't actually read the whole run yet, so I've, we're not going to go. T- we're not going to really yeah. go into that yet. Um, I, I watch more TV than I read, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, and I've I've been following Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. and I've been following. Well, why wouldn't Runaway. you? It's been a great oh, run. Oh, yeah. yeah. Runaways was awesome, by the way. Runaways, yeah. which we can talk about on a later episode, and uh, and uh, just lots of lots of good stuff. And I've been at the movies, but well, I mean, I'm with you because yeah. I've uh, I've been I've watched uh, Altered Carbon, which was amazing, um, based yeah. on a book series. You, which I now have reading yeah. the books because yeah. uh, the series was so good. Uh, it like did a reverse on me where instead of reading the books and going to watch the show. Uh, the show inspired me so much as to go read the books. And uh, I will tell you, if you watch the Netflix show, you will get a great experience out of that. And if you go read the book, about half of it kind of follows the show. And then it's completely different afterwards. So you can get two very different experiences, both of them good. Uh, I would highly recommend uh, reading any of the uh, any of the books of that series at this point. Yeah, I'm having a similar experience with The Expanse. Actually. Yes, oh, uh, yeah, The Expanse is amazing. Um, I've got the most recent one that I'm not quite done with yet, um, but that one, uh, speaking of, talk about character-driven, I mean, that oh, one yeah. is like one of the most character-driven things I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with how much the actors are committed to the you know, the, the, the roles, like they've read the books, they, mm-hmm. they, they know these characters really well. Um, so anyway. to get back to, yeah. uh, so Iron Man is, uh, in Bendis's run, Invincible Iron Man is leading in, uh, finishing that run with the search for Tony Stark because his body disappears in the midst or at towards the end of Secret Empire. Right. Uh, without going into what happens in that, um, there's, there's even scenes of Captain America like sitting in the room with Tony Stark's sort of life support chamber or whatever he is in. Uh, and and this, then he's just gone at some point. And no one knows. It's like a closed room mystery. And this is still the evil one, right? Or, or, uh, I seem to recall so, the, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, um, well, some of you, if you've read the news at all, then you know that the basic synopsis of Secret Empire is basically evil cap. And I'm going to say evil cap because I think that the press did it justice by yeah. saying Nazi cap, which is not true at all. Uh, or I, I, I'm actually, I really like, um, I actually really like the thing they had Rocket use, um, where it's like his preferred term is to just call him Stevel, which I thought <laughs> was hilarious. Uh, but anyway, yes, we have this whole thing with an evil Captain America, but they have this reverse of the scene in Civil, the end of Civil War saw a scene where Steve Rogers had been killed 
uh, on the steps of the courthouse going to answer for the events of Civil War. And we have this scene with Tony Stark sort of in this room with him. That was 2005. Uh, right, apologizing for everything that he did. And then has that thing at the very end of it. He goes, and all said and done, it wasn't worth it. And then they have this duplicate of the scene with evil Captain America sort of in this room with Tony Stark and his life support pod and basically saying, I wish you were here to see what I've done because I did it to spite you. <laughs> you know, like this whole thing of like, almost every part of the scene is the polar opposite of this moment we have a, between the two of them. It's a dark reflection. Of it the, is. Yeah. But pro- then after that, this body disappears and we don't know what happened to it. So we're going to see that resolved in the, the hunt for Tony Stark which is going to in, uh, involve Riri Williams. It also involves Doctor Doom, who is now the infamous Iron Man. Um, and they're trying to find him. And then all of the tags we see with the news is who will wear the armor. And uh, now we know it's going to be Tony Stark wearing the armor again, if, as if there was any doubt. Um, but they also said that Ironheart's not going away. And he goes, uh, and Doctor yeah. and Doctor Doom is not going back evil again. It's like they want to logically follow this path that he's on. Um, but they're also acknowledging things that happened in the Bendis run that are really, uh, okay, this is the worst pun ever, but, uh, they're highlighting some of the stuff that we saw in the Bendis run that are very strange. And I say that because we dun, find dun, out dun. that Tony Stark in the future <laughs> is the Sorcerer Supreme. So somehow he takes, uh, Dr. Strange's place at some point in the future, uh, which I thought was just kind of a kick in the pants for me because of a guy who's a technologist to see him as like a mystic in the future um, but when he's confronted by Riri Williams in Generations, he goes, it turns out there's not that much of a difference between magic and science. And it's, it kind of alludes to the idea that that's what he learned from his association with Thor and stuff like that, is that there's this fine line if you just learned how to look at things in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's there are cool images. Yeah, like true. He has all these little homunculi that are like little armors that do his jobs in the Sanctum Sanctorium your, and stuff like that. Well, your favorite Arthur C. Clarke quote, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, yeah, the the magic of, uh, or the science of any advanced race would appear as magic to those lesser developed. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite turn of phrases, and definitely I think what they base that whole idea of him sort of becoming the Sorcerer Supreme, which has actually been played out a few times. It's not an unusual concept. Eh, just a fresh take. Yeah. But they're keeping that idea where Dan Slott comes out and says, everything you have seen, we're not rewriting it, we're not rebooting it, we're continuing what you've seen so far. So whether that means he has a bunch of notes from Bendis or you know, anything along those lines where I'm kind of excited to see where they're going to go. Well, you know, I, I know it. that like yeah, sometimes just cold reimaginings never quite go over well with the fan base. You know, sometimes right. just, uh, just... Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, you know, negative stuff going around right now about just renumbering comics like constantly like we're how many relaunches in the thor now uh with number one like over and over and over again you know one of the one of the things one of my favorite stan lee quotes is that every comic book is somebody's first comic book true yeah um which is true and you know like for, for for fans who are listening just to um just to learn more really about it you know to kind of like you know, scratch the surface and get involved in it. Yeah, every comic book is somebody's first comic book. And, um, you can pick up any comic book. I used to go into a store and, and know that I could pick up a, any Superman book ever and just, and, and already, you know, like, I know Superman got it. Boom. Yeah, it doesn't matter what storyline I'm in because I know what I'm in for. It reminds me of 
here, a comment on a podcast that I thought really resonated with me is the argument of origin stories in movies that uh, a lot of cases we don't need it. And their argument yeah. is like, everybody knows Batman's parents are dead. We don't need to see that yeah. scene of them getting killed over and over and over again in every movie that they put Batman in. You know, we don't need to see the scene over again. We all know that Superman came from Krypton and his planet blew up. We know that Batman's parents were killed. You know, these are things that are a known quantity. So we don't need to see these over and over again. Uh, and I think the comics kind of, they take in a certain leap that you understand enough about the character that you can that you can jump on board typically yeah typically you know, unless the, unless they plan to nuke it because I, I you know we can do a whole other podcast well there's yeah there's been a lot of reimaginings about be... moon knight we'll just do that <laughs> we could do a whole episode on moon knight i would be totally hey, happy we'll, with that we'll, we'll, uh, stay tuned folks uh although just interesting say. rumor i heard the other day is that peter gunn who has done the um guardians mm-hmm. of the galaxy movies has James Gunn. Uh, what did I say? Peter, Peter Gunn is the theme song. <laughs> I meant James Gunn. Uh, and yes, he has apparently pitched an idea for a Moon Knight movie, um, which I don't know how I feel about. Uh, it could be incredibly good. Um, oh, I'm just going to be optimistic. Let's just well, say that know, if, he does, if he gets to go through with it, it, I would actually... This is one of those characters I'd rather it see. Net, I'd rather see Netflix love, so. get it. Well... Because because you want to you want to see more of a expanded take on it. I want to see a twelve. I want to see a twelve hour take on Moon Knight. <laughs> I he might probably, be the only probably, one that does, but I want to. At this point, I'm not sure his his whole his whole wackiness can be you know properly serviced in a man. If a they if they half hour movie, <laughs> if they did that run where he's like that recent run where he's questioning like the mirrors run where he is questioning reality. Like, he's in an asylum and questioning, is he really just a nutbag or is, you know, there's something else to it, would make an amazing 10-issue or 10-episode run. Uh, I say 10-episode run because I think there's been a tendency to go too long on some of these Netflix ones. I think that they try to do these 13-episode, 12-episode runs, and it's like, Two episodes too many. It it sort of devolves a little bit into the need to make a dramatic series, in which case sometimes you have to just kind of like go off and left well, field and do some weird. I think thing. they're ordering like I think Netflix is going to like this production company is saying we're ordering a thir- we're ordering thirteen episodes of Iron Fist, and then they realize their story is not long enough to encompass it, and so they sandwich in some things in there that end up being wow this felt really long and consider uh, you know like well well netflix is, is is wonderful for being able to pick these things up they may not exactly have the the entire budget to do it justice which is one of the big complaints about uh iron fist really is hmm. you know like they, they hired some guy to come in and do it and uh he kind of did a, a kind of slipshod job um i mean i think i I will go down, I mean, and, you know, folks who, like, check out our Instagram, I'm wearing an Iron Fist hat, man. I, I, well, and I regularly <laughs> wear my Iron Fist shirt all the time. I yeah. love the character. I don't I don't hate the character. I, I didn't hate the series. I mean, no, I, no. I heard a lot of bad stuff about it before. And I, I say that knowing that I, I, I hear the criticism and I... Um, uh, I, I don't feel it's wrong. No, I've, I've, kind of, I've gone on record as saying that holding it up to the other... <laughs> Netflix series that they've done, it is one of the weaker series that they have done. 
But if it was on its own without well, taking any of like taking out Jessica Jones and Luke Cage all these ones and like they just push this Iron Fist property, it's not bad in and of itself. No, but um, it's just not as strong as the other ones. But you know, they had an opportunity to kind of go in a different direction. Oh sure, they, it, they, had they, they done the Immortal Iron Fist uh, story with the uh, made it just like a giant kung fu challenge and stuff like that and stuck to that side of it, they probably could have had a much better thing. I, it, you know, I didn't need so many hours of him reiterating that he's <laughs> the uh, Iron Fist, the champion of Kun Lun, you know. I mean, they overplayed that quite a bit. But it wasn't bad. I agree with you. It wasn't... It wasn't yeah. I would actually like to see him do a second season. I hope that um, whatever negative publicity they got does because actually when they went and did Defenders I thought he was far better portrayed in that and it had me very much looking forward to a Heroes for Hire which if they don't do season 2 Luke Cage and season 2 Iron Fist and just make it make one season and do Heroes Heroes for Hire would be the best thing I think they could do right now well and Jessica Jones just got uh, just just started Yesterday, I think yeah, I um, haven't even dug into that. I'm on episode two. Um, it, it so far it kind of gets right back into what I liked about the first season of it. It's it's very has that similar feel with it being new and they're kind of throwing a few things. I'm not going to go too far into that because that's new enough that I don't want to spoiler it. Um, but so going so, back to uh, so AI Tony, <laughs> all the way back to where we were. Um, I think that it's right. It's a great (laughs) concept idea and that I think they could carry having Robert Downey Jr. still involved as Tony Stark without having Iron Man movies or his presence in it. It would soften the blow of losing him. If if, if we must lose him, we must gain him back in some fashion. Well, and that to my point and what I loved about um, Civil War and then going into Black Panther is I think they're setting the stage for T'Challa to be the Tony Stark figure for the next phase of movies in that he he is the scientist with all the money and... Actually, if you saw the movie, his sister's more of the scientist. You know? Well, but they alluded to the idea. Okay, yeah, they introduced Shuri. Okay, I've, Shuri may have been one of my only maybe issues with the movie. And not, I no. adored the movie version of Shuri. Yeah. Uh, it is incompatible with my comic version of Shuri. Uh. Uh, she's not the scientist in the comic book. She does take the role of Black Panther. Uh, ultimately, and actually had a really good run where she was Black Panther for a while, but she's not the the genius engineer scientist and stuff that T'Challa is known for, um, where he's a master tactician. He is smart enough to be ten steps ahead of everybody. Um, he designs all of this technology that he uses. You know, that's kind of an... They... They, did. they almost took that that's, character... That's and not the version that I saw on the screen. But well, that's saying that... Yeah. They they did something different in the movie that worked, and that I think because they alluded to it where he has his costume and then he goes, "Well, what's wrong with my design?" And she's like, "Oh, well, here's all the flaws in it," and like said, so she made it better. So they they still talk about the fact that he is super smart and that he did design some of the technology and that his sister has sort of exceeded his capabilities. But maybe, maybe super smart is just the the baseline for Wakanda in general. Sure, and, you know, and she's like exceptional, but. But even the baseline for Wakanda is way smarter than anybody else in the Okay, I can go with you on that, too. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I think it's one of those... I think it's one of those things where we could see 
we could potentially see T'Challa sort of. Well, I mean, I'm a fan of the cartoon, the Aven- uh, Avengers Assemble cartoon. Yes. And um, they introduced one of the more recent seasons where they sort of remove the original Avengers that we're familiar with, and they have a new series of Avengers that are assembled by T'Challa. And I, in seeing that as like in microcosm, like this is could could be what we get for the next phase. We could see T'Challa funding the Avengers, making it actually an international team. Uh, not necessarily tied to the U.S. government, which is a thing that's played out in the comics of them struggling with um, having a U.N. authorization as opposed to a U.S. authorization as the times changed in the comics from going from the 50s to the 60s to the 70s. You know, we saw this evolution of how they work on a global scale instead of just fighting crime in New York City or whatever, which had sort of been more of the, the norm prior to that. For those of you turning in, I hope you really enjoyed this geeky stuff. <laughs> you guys, you guys could probably be very lost if you if you aren't familiar with any of this. But we we really hope you listen because these are the kind of discussions that we get involved in. We just go way out there and pull in all sorts of different threads and we're tying movies and comics all together. Well, let's uh, we can wrap <laughs> things up with our Black Panther stuff a little bit. Um, I definitely, um, as far as the Marvel MCU stuff, uh, it's definitely this is one that will stick with me for a while. Um, I don't know if it is for me as reviewable as some of the other ones. Like I can go back and watch civil war over and over again. I think I, I would almost make that the number two movie in my book. Civil war. Uh, yeah. I okay. mean, I, for me, if I, had to, if I had to do a top five, it would be iron man. Cause I think it's the perfect origin story for a character. Nobody knew. Okay. Uh, Wait. it also set the iron man. Nobody knew. <laughs> Ten years ago, yeah. Okay. I, I think if you were outside of the comic world, okay. if you were not in the geek zone, um, and I said, hey, it's cool, we're getting a movie about Tony Stark, they would go, Tony who? You know, okay. they, they would not have known Spider-Man you knew, Wolverine you knew, Superman, Batman. You know, these okay. are characters that okay. are very focal, but Iron Man not, uh, I mean, in the Marvel Universe, very focal. Yeah, he's yeah, been sure, around sure. for a good long time, but not a as significantly known outside of the comic book okay. setup. Uh, That's what I'm getting at. Perhaps, um, yes. So we get this movie that launches all of the MCU, and it's not the X-Men, and it's not Spider-Man. And it's strangely um, enough not Captain America either, which you, you'd think would probably be kind of a... It, if I had been doing it, that's exactly how I would have done it. We would have had First Avenger. Yeah. Which made total sense to see that we get the introduction of, or the Fantastic Four, maybe even a good Fantastic Four, not what we're getting lately. But (laughs) yeah, but we would have seen the introduction of Howard Stark and all these other characters, and we see this natural progression of where now we're introduced to Tony Stark. Uh, That would have been perfect. Sure, we got what we got, and I I do like where we're going. Um, It 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 has evolved in a good way, I think ultimately. But uh, Black Panther is one of those ones where I really like the movie. Uh, I've seen it twice. Uh, yes. I got more out of it the second time, for sure. sure. Um, it uh, And we're going to talk about this in a second. It really has me excited for um, Infinity War, because okay. obviously that's going to almost pick up where we left off I, from what we've seen. I will close, because I, I follow a lot of the writers and creators on Twitter, and uh, Mark Miller, who uh, uh, wrote Civil War, mm-hmm. wrote the original Civil War, um, just called it yesterday, he, or he, he, he posted something that said, uh, I believe Black Panther will outgross Infinity War, and he says that without mm. Infinity War. And the important, I mean, what we're, we we're, we're we're speaking we're speaking as geeks, we're speaking sure. as as fans, but 
there was something that tapped into a very um, uncelebrated, uh, I mean, you know, previously heretofore uncelebrated aspect of Black Panther. And, uh, you know, as a, as a white guy, uh, I can't, uh, I can't appreciate it the same way. I'm sure. you, you're but, talking about, yeah, no, you're, you're, I, you're venturing into the cultural significance absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Okay, and I think yeah, that's yeah. extremely With, important. Right. And I, I love that people, I mean, this is what I loved about Wonder Woman as well, too, is that the, that people, um, who are not me, you know, who are not like the standard, you know, white kid teenager in the eighties, you know, who fell in love with comic books, people who are not me are coming to these stories and they're seeing themselves represented. Right. It, it, is, it is the, this is my hero. Like yeah, this that, is, this that, guy represents that, me. That yeah. now, that now people, people find these, these stories interesting because they see themselves in the stories. Sure. And it's, it's fantastic. And, and artists that I, I love and follow, um, are, are kind of waking up with this and going, uh, this is incredible that, you know, that people are coming to the superhero genre um, and and falling in love with it the way that I've already been in love with it for many years, um, and I I do not feel disenfranchised in any way or scared that that, that somehow these movies are going to become more politically correct because of this. I think they are enhanced by it, and I think that seeing more women and more uh, you know people of, of you know I I don't want to say minorities, but that you know that that's the term that we've we've used in the past to describe uh, the people who are coming to this. We're seeing, um, I think, I think the term you're reaching for is we're seeing an incredible amount of diversity in what we're getting now. That's better. Representation yeah. of diversity where every creed, every color, every... Um, you know, one of my favorite characters, Ms. Marvel, Muslim character. You Kamala know, like, Khan, yeah, Kamala yeah. Khan. Uh, that, that we're seeing more diversity mm. and I think that's that's an amazing thing to see. I am... I am happy for it and I want to see more of it um, because our characters aren't going anywhere you know they'll right. find a way to you know they'll find a way to bring Iron Man and Tony Stark back they'll be a part of they'll the be future. a part of everything we see absolutely they're, but they're, we're getting all these new they things are not, along with they it. are not yeah. threatened at all by this inclusion I think it's great to tell these stories and I want to see more of them so speaking of the yeah. things we like to see let's talk yes. about 2017 so flashing uh, back a year your yeah. big thing if you had to pick one influential big thing of 2017 what I, was it the, you know, the, the Marvel boy I mean, really wants to find a Marvel thing, but I, I think they both, you know, for, for the best Marvel stuff that we had, we really have to hand it to Wonder Woman mm, okay. as, as the most, you know, influential, most important, uh, best thing, you know, make you cry in a movie theater kind of thing. I mean, granted, I, I, I choked up at Guardians of the Galaxy, and <laughs> uh, Thor just, you know, has everybody smiling and laughing, uh, but Wonder Woman was kind of that, Oh my God! This is amazing, and uh, I want to see it. You know, a lot more. I would, I would almost go with Wonder Woman. Um, almost. Almost. Okay. Follow me. Keep, stay with me. Yeah, we're going. Heroic um, debates, folks. <laughs> Ragnarok was amazing. Not better than Wonder Woman. Different in its own way. But okay. I'm actually going to say that my most influential thing of 2017, because I probably read it four maybe five times including director's cut regular things and that's the visions um 
the uh, visions oh, okay. was my most well I, you're okay. your big no. thing okay good 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 i having talks that we've had i know Fair why enough. you why you picked wonder woman yeah. and i totally agree with you for all the reasons you liked it okay um but i, and I, I liked it and, yeah, okay. yeah i liked wonder woman <laughs> yeah. i liked a lot of the stuff that came out but the thing that influenced me the most was the visions by tom king sure I've, I've read it so many times it's ridiculous amount of times it was to me such a visionary piece of <laughs> uh, visionary piece of writing um, but just the idea of taking again you know a character that uh, is a little bit more Realist, you know, kind yeah, of, yeah a little bit more of a sideline character but an interesting one and taking everything from his perspective of not being human but trying to be human to the point where he creates a family and it goes yeah, horribly, like, horribly wrong. Um, but there are lasting ramifications. What if, well, yeah, what if Frankenstein's monster decided, you know, he's going to build a wife and build well, not just a wife, but a, you know, children and a dog. And some of the best things, the scenes I've seen where he's like resuscitating his daughter after this horrible accident and Tony Stark's helping oh, yeah. him out. And at some point he's trying to use his own power supply to jumpstart her. And Tony's like, I've got to pull the plug. It's going to kill you. And he turns around and he goes, if you pull that plug, I promise you, I will kill you. <laughs> uh, and of course it, you know, it, is, yeah. but yeah, it sets this different tone for this character that is largely portrayed as for the last 10 or more years as somewhat, I don't want to say cold, but very much more logical, analytical, like not emotionally attached to stuff and and then he goes down this path that we see a whole different side of him and as a piece of writing it was absolutely amazing to me it was um, it was pretty amazing fascinating you know, if, yeah. if we're looking at books yeah that i i have well okay I, I can't, let's I can't do this yes. we'll we'll flip now okay. Um, okay. i will say from a movie standpoint okay I have to say I agree with you. I think for 2017 I'd have to go with Wonder Woman and not necessarily because it was the movie I enjoyed the most but it was the first time I had my wife asking to go to a comic book movie and we both went and enjoyed it. And she even told me, it's like, most of the time, and I say most of the time, I mean 99% of the time, I will drag her to a comic book movie and she will enjoy it because I enjoy it. But she is very much not as much of that world. It's peripheral to her. Um, she is interested because I'm interested in it. And I love her for that. But I know it's not always her cup of tea. Uh, I watched Altered Carbon on my own because it was not a thing that she necessarily wanted to watch. Uh, she didn't watch Punisher. was not interesting to her. Oh, yeah. um, so there are things where there's a certain amount where she's just not interested in it where I just want to take it all in. But Wonder Woman is that first thing where we both went to it. And I got the experience of watching my wife enjoy a comic book movie. I watched my daughter enjoy a comic book movie with the characters she can relate to. Um, it was an amazing... And even my son is like, that was an amazing movie. He loved aspect of it. His favorite scene is the trench scene. Everybody's Everybody likes that one. Yeah. Um, but I think it because it was something for everybody, which we rarely get nowadays. And so I will agree with you. I think from a movie perspective, that was definitely... The big win of 2017 for me. Uh, so we'll flip. Now you can tell me uh, your uh, you know, comic book based. Recapping, I think I'd, I'd have to agree with you on, on the Visions thing. I think that was just probably the most influential. I waited. I mean, I bought the first book and then couldn't, buy, couldn't bring myself to buy the second book. I wait for the collected trades. I mean, I, I will usually buy the first issue of any given series. And if I like it enough, I will wait for the collected work to kind of be brought out. And that was, that was one that was 
painful to wait for because uh, <laughs> I, I, I knew that they would release like a nice hardbound collected version with like, you know, the artwork and the script and all the well, interviews. And a director's cut version of it too. Yes. I mean, you don't see director's cut versions of, um, of comic books. Not movies, frequently. Yes, yeah. but not so much in the comic book world. So that was, uh, that was cool to go back and revisit it and see all the extra things that they added. But into it. It I, 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 I find it hard to believe that there isn't a creator who wasn't like, you know, influenced or, um, inspired by that particular Well, I have book. to think that Tom King, I, I'm sure Tom King got himself his Batman role at DC from that. I think there was oh, so much recognition yeah. over that that it really well, it set the Mr. tone Miracle for right now for a while. But well, he's all, but yeah. he's the main like Batman person now too. Okay. Um, Scott Snyder is also in there too, but yeah. um, oh, yeah. I know Tom King had been writing a bunch of stuff. But he's all over the place in DC right sure. now though. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. Just uh, the. Uh, that being that, I think, yeah, that you could do yourself a good favor by going out and checking out uh, Visions. Uh, you can pick it up and read yeah. it and know nothing about the character. Yes. I think, you know, I mean, you, you may have seen the character in Civil War. You may have seen him in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, for those, you know, coming from the movies. But if you want to get into the books, it's a great book to pick up and, uh, and just sort of see how these characters evolve. Um, fascinating all right so uh last little bit we have i think before we close up shop is almost i don't know what we want to call it a public service announcement or just a the more you know segment or (laughs) um but we have infinity war right around the corner releasing a week early uh at the time of this broadcast it's roughly a month out it was just announced fairly recently that the movie that we all expected would come out the first weekend in may well which is which is famously known as Free Comic Book Day. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the same thing is I wondered, I, I kept wondering why Jessica Jones was coming out uh, yesterday yeah. as opposed to Tuesday, which is normal for new releases, and then you realize it's, it's uh, International, International Women's, Women's Day. Day, so of course that's why when they release that. Um, okay, but go ahead, Free Comic no, Book Day. Okay, so Free Comic Book Day is always the first Saturday in May. It's always been known as, as Free Comic Book Day, where you could go to your... Uh, nearby comic book shop or two or three as some of us are given to uh, and uh, they will have a, a selection of comics to choose from um, this is a great way to get into comics guys uh, that you know you can pick up your favorite comics you can pick up comics that you, you haven't seen and, and just get like a little sneak preview of them it's kind of like free preview for for all the books um, but it's also great for the industry in general you know it's a great day to be a geek because you know you uh, a lot of comic book shops will have sales well, and to, it's, on stuff. I would argue, too, it's a good way to get out and support your local comic distributors because it is a tough racket to be in right now. And yeah. uh, you want to get out there, find the things you like, and um, you know what? Pick a title and buy it locally from a That's comic book say. shop. You can walk into a shop them. and buy you know any Superman book and know exactly what you're getting into. But yes, you know if, if, if there's a character who inspires you, Free Comic Book Day is a good day to go to a store and ask about it. Because uh, they will they will recommend a ton of stuff. But that being that, that's also a big day for. I mean, it's also a big time of year to do um, a big Marvel movie like they have in the past. And this is probably the biggest thing they've tackled so far. And let's face it, when they showed the Cosmic Cube in First Avenger, at that point we're like, it's beginning. Where is the Infinity yeah. Gauntlet? Yeah. And then we see it in Thor, and then they just kept giving a piece and giving a piece and giving a piece. And so here we are. 
and we have the Infinity War coming out, and uh, I would hazard a bet that not many of you out there know exactly what it is that the Infinity War is being fought over, so we thought, as a segment, we're going to give you a brief history of the Infinity... I, I can't call them stones, I'm going to call them gems, because that's what they were called originally. <laughs> so the Infinity Gems and the Infinity Gauntlet. So, um... So it's... It's dense and it's complex. Okay, uh, uh, it may not be the first book you want to start off on. I'm just saying, you know, like Infinity War can be um, pretty weighty stuff. I would say, though, if you do want to get a little bit of a leg up from the comic side, go out and pick up um, the Infinity Gauntlet. It is a bound series you can get. Um, it is uh, the probably all the reference of why this movie is being done with the Infinity Gauntlet. We see... Uh, Thanos go from a sort of a minor backlog character from Captain Marvel to like probably the biggest bad uh, in the Marvel universe. Um, we, and in essence, we've got this guy who is the you know, and Thanos is the ultimate nihilist. He he sees Thanos. Well, okay, go for ahead. Those, for those of you who saw like the first Avengers movies and stayed till the end of credits, there's a there's a line that Marvel fans kind of light up on, where it's you know humans to you know to to contest them is to court death and that's that's a that's a sly line to all the fans of the books who know exactly oh, the, what lo they the loki part yeah, yeah gotcha yeah, yeah. i was he, like what are you oh to, okay, I to court death. <laughs> and then and then thanos turns to the camera kind of halfway and smiles and everybody kind of goes oh my god they're doing it yeah um so yeah for all you people who've been wondering what the hell is going on since the first movie this is it. The, the Thanos is literally courting death. And in the book, he is literally courting death. Mm -hmm. Death is actual figure, you know, is act, an actual embodiment. Well, Just, we talked yeah. a bit about the, the cosmic aspect of the universe with the yes. celestials and stuff like that. But we also have the aspects, and that's like the living tribunal. We have death. We have eternity. The, um, ego. Not ego. Uh, um, not exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. Lord Chaos, Master Order. Um, basically, all these concepts that exist as entities within the universe and death is one of them death is yeah and a, a natural character and, 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 like, and, and not and not like you know that the, the standard hooded character with the side that you come to think of around halloween or something sometimes like well depends sometimes. on yeah i mean they're yeah. definitely de like most of the time you see her she's in a purple robe um with oh definitely darkened a cowl story. with yeah. that you see a skull behind it but then also she's appeared in lots of different guises and stuff as well. Anyway, I don't think they're going that... No, uh, I... They're not taking that kind of deep dive. From what I have, but yeah. uh, and I know, I, I delved a little too oh, far. Oh, don't do it. Time, la, 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 but <laughs> it, is, it is not the, definitely not the traditional okay. reason that Thanos is doing this, but they, I think they have a pretty good thing. We're going to see it in the movie, so I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. But... For whatever reasons, courting death or otherwise, um, Thanos is sort of on this mission to offer her something to win her favor. And right. in the comic, um, it is it's a romance story. Literally, yeah. half the death of half the universe. Literally, uh, is yeah. to offer up all these souls or the dead to death to hopefully get her to acknowledge him because of his love for and, her. and that that's weird because you think about that and you're like what does that mean does that mean half the universe stops existing no it's literally kind of like 
the rapture. You know, like mm. people just disappear. They're like, wait, wait a second. He was here a second ago. Right. What happened? Well, and this is where the Infinity Gauntlet comes in. So we have this sort of past history of these gems as, as right. they start being referred to. In fact, they're originally referred to as, they're all referred to as soul gems. Right. All of them. Um, that They wanted to add more flexibility to it. So it becomes uh, the Infinity Gems. And each gem represents a different aspect of the physical realm of the universe. So we have the soul gem. We have the, excuse me, the mind gem. We have the power gem. Uh, we have reality. We have space. And we have time. Uh, and so all of these stones separately are phenomenally powerful. If you have the power stone, you become the embodiment of power. If you have the reality stone, you can rewrite reality as you see fit. Uh, with a time stone, you can exist in any aspect of time, any time you wish. Uh, and so, we've seen those used in the movies, mm -hmm. you know, to various things like Doctor Strange with the right, time Right, so we gem. have the Tesseract, we, which they haven't even really alluded as to which stones they are, but we now know that, like, the Tesseract from First Avenger is a stone. Um, we have seen, I believe, the Power Stone is what we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. Um, we know this, the Mind uh, gem is what is now currently in the Vision's forehead and what causes him to come into existence. Right. Loki previously used these to kind of like overwrite people's like like that's what he like. That's how he could control people. Control the Hawkeye their in the mind. movie. Yeah. Um, we have the Aegis um, from the Dark World. Aether. Aether. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have the ether. Uh, Aegis is a shield. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> but we don't really know what that one represents. As yeah, or well, do we? Did someone figure that one out? Or I think the only one we haven't seen well, at this point that, is the, the soul. That's the the ether is the reality stone. Is that okay? That's the reality. Yeah, one. that's the reality stone, and it, it's weird because in the in the Thor the Dark World it's it's kind of a swirly misty kind of thing. That's right, because they decided the Tesseract was space. Right. Okay, so, yeah, the, uh, the, so but what I have seen is that the only one we haven't seen is the soul. soul. Yes. We have no idea what happened or, or where it is or what's going there, on. There are lots of theories out there. Lots of theories. You know, it's on Asgard or uh, there, there's a theory that uh, Heimdall has it. Hmm. There's a theory that it's in Wakanda and we haven't seen it yet. Right. Uh, yeah, really I kind of discount the Wakanda theory. A lot of people are saying, oh, that's why they attack Wakanda. But I kind of see it as we know that Thanos is invading Earth in the movie. And, I mean, let's face it, if you're going to invade Earth and you're seeing it from the perspective of an outside source, they're going to go, this is our, this is the biggest threat on the planet is Wakanda. They're the most advanced. They have the most science. They have, you know, the best, the best weaponry. Weapons, yeah. um, they're who you would strike first. And I think that's what we're going to kind of see in the movie sure. is that's why. Um, but, yeah. so we have the stones. Um, and when the stones are collected together, um, they... Are, well, and the gauntlet was originally was just one of Thanos' gloves. Uh, they just happened to attach the stones to for whatever reason. He like so he wouldn't have to hold all of them. I guess it was I don't an know. aesthetic choice. Uh, so he puts them all on, and this becomes the the thing now known as the Infinity Gauntlet. And by manipulating all of the stones simultaneously, he effectively is able to achieve omnipotence. But as we learn throughout the stories, like. We're not, you know, as mortals, we're not built for omnipotence, and that ends up being sort of the uh, flaw that allows, you know, the heroes to win, basically. There's a reason they call him the Mad Titan. <laughs> right. You know. So to kind of, you know, of the history of this, we have these stones that have been now popping up in the movies, 
Um, we have seen the gauntlet. Uh, they had that great scene where we saw the gauntlet in Odin's treasure vault, and then uh, Hela like goes fake and like <laughs> knocks it off, which well, explains the other scene that we saw where Thanos is putting on one of the gauntlets and says, "It's a it's a teaser at the end of Age of Ultron where he right. says like." Uh, if you want something done, you have to do, do it, it yourself. Yeah, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. And this is interesting because it bears into what we've seen in uh, commercials and that he doesn't have all of them yet. Uh, the Gauntlet only has, like, two, I think. Uh, well, we saw at the end of Thor the Dark World. I mean, a lot of people kind of write off Thor the Dark World as, like, you don't need to see it, but if you want to know yeah. what's going on... Well, you get the you, collector in it the collector, uh, the his collector tie the, to it. The teaser at the end, and he says, you know... Two down, four to go. Four to go, right. Because he's trying to get them, too. Which, in some ways, ties back to the comics, because the original possessors of the Infinity Gems were the elders of the universe, of which the Collector is one. Um, but it's also the Champion, and like these other... Uh, the Grandmaster, who we see Correct. in Ragnarok, yeah. and all of them... The brother at, of the Collector. Right, and, yes. and originally they possessed all of them. And Thanos took them one by one by beating these elders and taking the stones from them is what sort of launched the original storyline. Um, but in this case, he's still like trying to get them, but I think they're going to play off this idea that even having one or two of them is an immense amount of power and that the only chance they have is to stop him from getting all of them. Hence, Infinity War... But we know at some point they're not going to be able to. Right. You know, they're going to have to just fight him and that's... Uh, we know at some point we're going to see these all collected by, you know, the... The, the big bad of, mm -hmm. the, of the current Marvel Universe. So bad that we, you know, like, all, we've only seen him, you know, in person in Guardians of the Galaxy where he's just manipulating people. I mean, uh, but that's that's why at the end of the, the first trailer, the Guardians show up. Right, well, <laughs> and this is, uh, you know, the, the one thing that is sort of a comic book medium is that what threat is big enough to pull all of the, like, literally every character in the Marvel Universe as we know it together... And that threat is Thanos trying to collect the Infinity Gems. Right. Uh, and now I can go ahead and I will go and say Infinity Stones because that's how they're referred to in the MCU. Now that we've talked about their comic history on it. So um, just just for the sake of fo folks following along, I, I managed to find an, a very amusing, uh, illustrated, uh, easy guide to uh, the Infinity Stone, which I've posted on our Instagram page at uh, Heroic Debate Podcast. Heroic Debate is... Uh, singular, no S, not, not Heroic Debates, but Heroic Debate Podcast on Instagram. Um, there's a, I, I don't know exactly who to credit the artist with, but uh, it's it's not my work. It's it's a very, it's a very good. I've seen this one before. So yes. It's like a nice little piece explaining who, sure. like, were the previous possessors of them. And, and it is, it is specific to the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right. I should say, not the comic universe. That's Which a, is what's going to count for the movie. Right. I mean, comic book aside, none of that really has a ton of relevance other than that we know some past history and we're going to see how much of that plays out. You know, and yeah. how much of it for, for reading it in the comic books, you come you come armed with that much more knowledge and, and some of the in-jokes make more sense to you, but it's, it's not necessary for people who just kind of want to cursorily enjoy the movies. But um, it's it's epic literature. You know, it, it's kind of like a it's, a, it's history. And it's, yeah, I mean, in and of those sort of big storylines that have changed the face of, you know, those particular things, I mean... Let me look at, like, what what's The Infinity Gauntlet influenced the Marvel Universe for... Like, like, like since Watchmen, the 90s, or like yeah. Kingdom Come, or like mm. any of these big events, yeah, that... that uh, Marvel Cosmic um, 
tells some of the grandest stories on some of the biggest scales with with the the some of the the vastest uh, collections of characters uh, because it's it is literally I mean it is the Marvel universe not right uh, yeah uh, we're we're going we're going cosmic well we're getting like these aspects of what we started to see the first inklings of with um, Doctor Strange. Of like these worlds yes. beyond worlds kind of thing. It's well, like, I would argue that it goes back even a little bit further than that. And I, and the funny thing is, that even in the very first Iron Man movie, when Tony's testing the armor and he, he flies way up into space and he you know freezes and he says, "Well, in case you're ever fighting, you know, in another galaxy, we'll take that into consideration." <laughs> and and, right. and everybody uh, kind of goes, "Ooh." Yeah. You know? Well, and I think yeah, there's there's been a logical progression. I think the Marvel universe kind of unfolded this stuff and like, okay, we introduce like you said the age of heroes we get iron man uh we get first avenger we get thor um we sort of see the like the trinity appear more or less yeah, uh, yeah. and then we go into space and we get guardians of the galaxy which well, introduces that earth is a part of a well, bigger we, we universe get, we get avengers where we get like an attack from space Go, but right, it, with but, the it's, but it's and, not just yeah. aliens it's actually another dimension that's been opened up over new york and and it's, uh, it's a, it's a, is it, I thought it was like just a, like a gateway, like a Stargate kind of. Well, it's thing a it's or, a it's a galaxy. Yeah. It's somewhere thing, else you know. in the universe that they're coming Fair from, enough, or at least uh, yeah. the comics that have filled that gap in. That's how they've explained. I it, probably so. used the wrong word saying dimension, but okay. yes, I mean I'm not, I'm not talking about. Don't, it like we don't that. bandy that word we're, around without cause. We're, we're not, yes. <laughs> we, 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 but yes, I hear I hear what you're saying. We use we use the space stone. With, with respect, right. yes, but but yes, uh, but we see we see um, literally yeah a, a another galaxy open up over New York, um, and at the end those those things are sent back. I mean, or they close the they close the portal or the gateway. Yeah. yeah, and but but now we know that it's not just it's not just all Earth based attacks. We're you know we 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 we're, we're cosmic now, baby. You know, and right, we, and we've got. We've got people who are coming in, like Loki from Asgard, another another part of the universe. Mm-hmm. Another, um, another planet yeah, out there has, has somewhere. Now, yeah. has now roped in other parts of the universe and, and, uh, and you know, started making these things all uh, happen. So, gosh, it's, uh, it's a lot to look forward to. And we know that this event that's coming up, this, this Infinity War, is going to change things. Uh, for well, it's kind of yeah. Infinity yeah. War has been touted as sort of the end of what we've seen for the last ten years. Yeah. But not the end of the MCU. Simply, it's the culmination of every the story they wanted to tell when they did Iron Man. Yes. You know, when they started this out, they had a plan to get to this point, and that's Infinity War Part One, Part Two. Right. Um, and we're gonna we get that we get this nice cap to that, and then we go forward. And, yes. and that's then, where things I think where Black Panther is so important is that um, this is a movie that's going to be part of the going forward. Yes. You know, we may not necessarily see as much Captain America and we, you know, because we have contracts and everything else coming up. Yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Could, that could change. Um, of anybody that I think will, like, contracts notwithstanding, they'll keep showing up, will probably be Robert Downey Jr. I think that he will, he will stay in this role as long as they can keep him in it. Um, and I don't think they'll have to negotiate very hard for him to do it. But we're going to see characters like Chris Evans will probably... I mean, honestly, if they, they want a good example from the comics, they can give way to Sebastian Stan. Oh, please, oh, 
Uh, oh, come on. That was a good storyline. I, I love that one. I know. Even I know. knowing that it was temporary was still great. Here's, I thought that here's, here's, it's like watching Dick Grayson take over as Batman. You probably, or, or did you not care for that? Well, <laughs> that was never going to last. Well, at least it's not the Punisher as Captain America. Well, there's another... <laughs> oh, the Punisher is apparently Ghost Rider, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Cosmic Ghost Rider. Uh, we're not going to go into that right yeah, now. That's, yeah, that's a little too far out there. For next time, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we're, from a logistical standpoint, we're seeing some of these actors are, you know, they're reaching the end of their contract and it's sure. going to be renegotiation and we get them, or I, it will be, we're just not going to get them and something it, new will take it would their be, place. It would be incredibly... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it'd be, it, you know, I, I said earlier how I, I appreciated the diversity mm-hmm. and I, I and how I don't feel threatened for my favorite characters. So even in, even wherever the story takes us, if we have to lose some characters and gain some new ones, um, it so, would be hypocritical of me to, 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 to deny that from happening. So Would you rather yeah. then, okay. given a choice, if Chris Evans isn't going to come back as Captain America? Yes. Would you rather see Sebastian Stan fulfill the whole Bucky Cap storyline, or would you rather see Sam Wilson? Sam Wilson. You're Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson in a heartbeat. So this is, okay, so here's the debate side, because I am on the opposite side of the fence. I would love to see Sebastian Stan. Everybody would. And then I get my Sam Wilson, too, because we get both of those story arcs, I would say. Um, Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I... I'm 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 perfectly happy with Sebastian Stan being Winter Soldier and leaving him there. He's a compelling actor. I can I can appreciate you know I I didn't necessarily like his character as a villain, but but I understand that he is. I mean that he that he has a he has a journey to make to be to overcome that. Right. So, um, he's not my favorite Cap. You know, well, I don't think that I, the beauty of it is I don't think he has to be. I yeah. think that, that one of the cool things about Cap is it, it's it's a role. It's the same way I can accept is, I can title. accept Riri Williams Captain as America is a title. I can accept Riri Williams as Iron Man. I can accept Doctor Doom as infamous Iron Man because, in essence, in both char- both ways, they're taking up the mantle, the armor, yes. as you will. Um, and even then, as I'm reading this, going, this is kind of cool. I know that ultimately we're going to get in the comics. We're going to get back to Tony Stark being Iron Man again. Sure. Um, you know, in the comics, I think part of the appeal of why I liked Bucky taking over as Captain America um, is that you knew that at some point he wasn't going to be Captain America. He was going to, you know, that was going to Steve Rogers is always coming back. Uh, and he did for a little while. And then we get Sam Wilson, and it's the same thing. I really like the idea of Sam Wilson. Uh, and I enjoyed reading Sam Wilson, Captain America, uh, but ultimately I knew at some point these stories have to go somewhere right. different. They have to they have to evolve, and they have to take these explorations and these little flights of fancy uh, in order to to stay interesting. Um, yes, you know Steve Rogers will always be my favorite Captain America, but um, but you're not going to go so far as to say that's not my cap. Or I'm not. Well, like yeah, that. I would. You know, I I would absolutely not. I guess Captain America is a t- is a title, not necessarily a person well um, for me <laughs> i would say as long as i get an iron man i'm not necessarily concerned about who it is as long as we get one um okay. now are there going to be better or worse versions of that i mean absolutely but i don't despair of the jim rhodes era of iron man because it's still iron man at its heart um i don't um dislike certain aspects of, of captain america with other people taking the role because 
it's still it's still a Captain America is better than no Captain America. Uh, yes, and a comic book movie is better than no comic exactly. book movie, and a comic book is better than no book, so go pick one up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so last little piece, um, a couple big news things that came up, and I want to just touch on this briefly, because I don't think we're going to really see the ramifications of this uh, for like another month or so, but that is, we talked about a little earlier, Brian Michael Bendis left marvel and yep. went to uh DC, dc and at first it was like uh oh that's interesting and now they're like and he's taking over superman uh so he is going to be the singular voice for superman uh going forward uh which i thought was interesting he's going to be picking up uh literally on one you know issue 1000 of action comics uh will be kind of his like as he starts his jumping foray the out there is jumping on point. Um, so I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, I thought it was an interesting pick of him doing Superman. Um, I would have honestly thought of like giving him, I don't know, something a little different. I, was, I, I don't think it's a bad choice. It's not the one I necessarily would have saw happening. Don't say Batman. No, I actually, Batman, I think would have been a, a horrible choice for him. Oh. Um, I, and it, well, I'm not horrible. I just, I want Tom <laughs> King and Scott Snyder doing Batman. Sure. I don't want other people doing Batman. Um, but I think that his strength has always been taking characters without much of a voice and giving them one. I mean, Jessica Jones is a great example of that. Um, I don't know if anyone else could have written that character to be as compelling as it was, but it's a lot but, of but dialogue. But he also created the character. Well, I get that, but yeah. the... The purity of that is is the dialogue, the the banter, and that kind of thing is what made it her sing like her singular voice was different in the comics because it wasn't necessarily an action based comic, and it's interesting that he has taken literally action comics, uh. <laughs> uh, and it's I don't know it seems a bit I, I'm I'm going to be happier than anyone to be proven wrong ultimately on that, um, but yeah it's kind of a of a strange. Kind of a strange thing, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm I'm very curious. Uh, uh, also, very recently, they announced the Black Label. Yes, which uh, one of, shots. Yeah, yeah. Which means a lot of new, um, a lot of new uh, writers can start uh, um, coming on to the DC universe mm -hmm. and you know, sort of playing in their toy box with their toys. Well, they, DC did a whole thing with like having this whole thing with young creators, like there's a whole bunch of new titles being uh, in the advent. Oh, speaking of which, I got a quick take. Yeah. Your feelings on metal. Haven't read it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. when you catch up on that. Um, yeah. I mean, man, the Sorry, idea I'm sticking of, to mostly Marvel of Justice League of Evil Batman. Uh, mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but we'll get you into that and we'll talk about that. But okay. um, in the, the wake of this, we have these, like these new characters that are being launched and it's a conceptual thing put by a new creator, but being done by some of the old school guys in partnership with it. So we have like Silencer, uh, Damage, um, I can't even remember the other ones. They're just sort of these sort of new, sort of new concept things that they're doing. I think that the black label part of it is, is part of that. I think that DC oh, yeah. is, is banking on their. Um, I mean, they have, for the first time in a long time, they're selling a bit more comics than Marvel is. And I think they're, they're doubling down on that by going, while we're on top, let's introduce some new stuff and see what takes and what doesn't. 
uh, well, on the flip side, Marvel's cutting titles like crazy um, to sort of thin down yeah. what they're doing and move some creators around and see what's going on. So, I mean, it, we've said this before, 2018 is going to be an interesting year. It'll be uh, really good to see uh, some of those moves like Dan Slott going to Iron Man, but, you know, the same question, who's taking over Spider-Man, what's going to happen there? Um, there's a lot of interesting things going on, so it'll be a, it'll be an interesting year. I don't think the movies will let us down. I think we have a lot of stuff that is already in the table, at the either movies, wrapped or the will take care of ready to go. They'll take care of themselves. But Disney getting will back, take care of the movies. <laughs> yeah, getting back to the the comic side of it, where it all began. Yeah. I'm just hoping we don't see that suffer in favor of the properties making it to the big screen. Uh, I desperately hope not. I I know. Yeah, some of some of the more interesting titles that I've um, seen have, have kind of announced their their end, you know, um, yeah. things like, you know, uh, Gwenpool, which we could talk about. Eh, you know, I, I know, I know. That's one I'm not going to be too sad to see go. I, I found it very interesting and very compelling. So uh, the, uh, there was, conceptually, I can totally see why people liked it. Uh, it's yeah. just not one that ever struck my radar as I've got to read that one. Sure. Um, I, I know, it's but not everybody's coming. Yeah, and for know. me, I'm glad to see some of the stuff I'm, I am interested in continuing. Champions, Champions yes. is going to keep going. Uh, that's kind of been the title I've almost been most interested in. Maybe second to um, Infamous Iron Man, but Infamous Iron Man's wrapping up, and we know that there's sort of an end to that one coming. Um, but Champions is, is definitely been basically sort of popped in as a renewed thing. Um, I think we also were, they finally came out and said, we're going to see more of Avengers like 1 million BC, which I'm super excited for. Cause I thought which that was a great was idea. In, uh, legacies, right? Yes. yes. Um, but we're seeing like the first black Panther and the first iron fist and ghost rider <laughs> on a mammoth. Uh, you know, these kind of things that I watched and was like, well, I have to see more of that. And so we're going to get more of that, which uh, is great. Yeah. I mean, like, why they hadn't done that before is, like, <laughs> why not? Yeah, yeah exactly. This is amazing. It's, you know. So, uh, just kind of wrap things up, though. Yeah. Uh, 2018, already off to a great start. It's looking, looking really good. Um, I think we have, uh, conceptually, a couple episodes coming up. I think we are going to, I think we both agree we're going to do a whole thing on Star Wars. Deep dive into Star Wars. Um, we're going to talk about all of it. We're going to go into what got us down that path, uh, what we like, maybe don't like as much about the movies. Um, I'm going to try to restrain some of my inner nerd rage on the prequels, uh, but we'll see how it goes. Um, and then, uh, we have a, uh, personally what I find super interesting is that we're also going to do an episode, if not in full, then definitely a greater part of talking about the music that makes cinema, the cinema so great in this genre. Um, anything from John Williams, Star Wars to, you know, the stuff that we have just seen recently. Uh, and soundtracks are amazing. And you are far more into the soundtrack stuff than I am, but I love a good soundtrack. I could, I could do another hour right now about just and, and we are going to do close to that. Um, yeah. We're going to be talking about uh, how music is used, and we're going to be talking um, about Star Wars. And, um, you know, I, I kind of have it, just to put it out there, just as a quick question, um, Star Trek. I'm down. You're down? All right. Okay, I, so, have, honestly, I haven't caught up with like Discovery yet. but I don't think you have to to be, to be able to talk about it. I so I think we, we can probably have you guys look forward to us doing a dive into Star Trek And we could probably well. you know, rope in some of our um, spouses. And, we uh, may have a couple of guests coming up, too, from yeah. some of the stuff we have in the books. Uh, we have a couple of folks that we'd like to bring by to uh, sort of add their opinion to it as well. Um, so, again, not only is there a lot to look forward to, 
you know, in the comic world and the movie world, but there's a lot to look forward to on Heroic Debate as well. So be sure to check out our Facebook page at Heroic Debate um, and leave comments, uh, questions, anything you want to pose to us. Uh, we also have heroicdebate at gmail.com if you want to drop us an email or any type of uh, communication to it. Um, Steve, you want to talk about Instagram and uh, our other I've, things? I've that we've already been doing? plugged Instagram in once already, but uh, just going to say, yeah, heroic debate podcast on Instagram. I'm going to post a cheesy little doodle that I did while talking about Black Panther, um, uh, and you know, I that's that's just me doodling. <laughs> yeah, I I, I want to kind of open it up there and say like, if you're listening and you want to see some artwork. Uh, drop us a line, you know, comment on one of our, our, uh, social media sites. Uh, happy to take some requests out there and, uh, see what turns up. Um, and like always, if you like what you hear, keep listening. Keep listening. Tell your friends. Keep in touch. <laughs> and we'll look forward to seeing you keep next time. Keep circulating the tapes. No, that's uh, Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not pull let's on not other people's things. Yeah. Uh, stay heroic, guys. Stay heroic. Stay heroic.